Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us again. May is Mental Health Month and joining us is Dr. Michael Jablonski to discuss the results of a brand new national poll that found that 83% of those diagnosed with depression say that life would be easier if others could understand what they're going through. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Jablonski. Thank you for taking the time this morning. Neil, thanks for having me. What exactly is your area of expertise? Give us a look into your background, if you would. Sure. I, I was classically trained as a neuroscientist um, and have done uh, basic laboratory bench work in fields of neurodegeneration and sleep medicine. Uh, but most recently, I've been working um, in the space of psychiatric pharmacogenomics, and, and we've been evaluating the potential for an individual's genetics to guide medication selection for those suffering with depression, anxiety, ADHD, and, and other mental illness. Now, I understand that you're there at, at Myriad Genetics? That's right, yes. I, I'm uh, the Vice President of Medical Affairs for Myriad Genetics, and specifically the Neuroscience Mental Health Business Unit, um, again, that focuses on, on depression, anxiety, and, and other neuropsychiatric illness. Now, Myriad Genetics recently conducted a gene site test, the results of which uh, we're going to talk about, uh, the Gene Site Mental Health Monitor National Poll. Talk about this poll and the reason for conducting it in the first place. Sure. The, the Gene Site Mental Health Monitor is a, a tool for us to understand um, the realities and situations of those individuals that suffer from mental illness. And we recently conducted a survey um, to evaluate um, depression, and, and it's so significant because more than 17 million adults suffer from depression um, over the course of any year. Um, and as you mentioned, Neil, you know, one of the significant findings from this survey was that 83% um, of those questioned say life would be easier if others understood what they were going through. People get depressed. People get blue, I guess. Uh, that's not kind of an old term. Are we talking depression that is debilitating or are we talking about I'm having a bad day, things aren't going my way, and I'm going to deal with it mentally? Yeah, it, it's a really important question because I think it's common for many of us to to feel blue and to feel down. And, and those are normal uh, feelings that anyone can have. But depression is really different from that. You know, it, it is characterized by debilitating side effects and and um, symptoms, you know, that really contribute to um, a, a decreased quality of life. Um, you know, and, and what we've learned is, you know, it's not that people with depression are lazy or, or dramatic, but, you know, their symptoms um, really are debilitating, as you said. And and with the proper treatment, you know, depression can uh, be alleviated. Um, there are tools to be used. Um, ours in particular you know, is uh, the gene site test, but it's a genetic tool to optimize medication selection. Um, but there's many you know, opportunities for individuals to um, partner with their healthcare provider to find the right therapy for them. I've heard that um, in the world of addiction, drug addiction, there are those who um, who maybe aren't addicted who will say, just just get over it, um, work through it, um, be stronger. What contributes to this lack of understanding about clinical depression, debilitating depression, and not just someone having a bad day? I, I think it's such an important point because, you know, what we found in the survey is that um, 
patients suffering from depression would often hear you know, exactly that from their loved ones. You know, just just get over it. Everyone gets sad sometimes, um, but you know, depression really has a, a persistent feeling of sadness. It lasts longer than a few weeks. You know, and, and symptoms can range. It's not just feeling blue. The symptoms can range from anything to um, anger or irritability, uh, frustration, you know, even where small issues um, really contribute to larger problems for that individual. You mentioned some um, emotions, behaviors uh, that maybe one wouldn't associate with depression, anger, agitation. Absolutely. You know, there, there are many symptoms and, and you listed a few of them, you know, really related to anger or frustration, um, loss of interest in activities um, and, and things like diet and sleep can also be affected. Um, so there, there are many um, symptoms that characterize depression and it's not just, you know, one isolated symptom to, to really define it. If those of us who are not suffering from that type of depression feel that way dismissive about this type of serious condition, doesn't it stand to reason that the person suffering from this condition wouldn't understand it either? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a, it, it's a very important point. And, and really what we're trying to do um, with our survey, uh, we actually partnered with uh, a patient group, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, to raise awareness about depression. Now that may be individuals that could be diagnosed with depression that haven't. Uh, it could be family members that have um, someone uh, in their family with depression. Um, and what we've learned um, from you know this survey is to really understand that if we can provide empathy and support for people with depression, you know, asking them how I can help. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Those things can be really helpful, and and I think it's a critical point that you know if we're able to raise raise awareness, we're able to talk about the symptoms of depression. People can ultimately get the treatment that they need. Embarrassment, stigma, uh, the fear of being ridiculed are those factors that prevent a person who is in serious trouble from seeking the help that they need for their depression. I think there's no doubt about that. You know, I think there is a stigma associated with mental illness, um, you know, these feelings um, of the, the sentiment that you can just get over, you know, this depression um, really contributes to lack of treatment sometimes where needed. Um, and, and you see that across you know, all different communities um, through, throughout the country, um, the stigma associated with that. And I think if we're able to open up the discussion um, be welcoming to that discussion with our loved ones, our friends and family members. Uh, people will ultimately be able to get uh, on their path to mental wellness. Loved ones, friends, co-workers, uh, family members. What about the understanding or I guess empathy with the healthcare provider? Is there a lack of understanding about mental health um, in the medical community as well? You know, I, it, it's not uncommon for uh, patients with depression to be treated by um, their nurse practitioner or their primary care provider. And, you know, I, I, I think the um, stigma is less in the healthcare community. Uh, now, recognizing those symptoms and, and having an honest conversation with your healthcare provider um, is something that will definitely be beneficial. And I encourage people to do that. 
Um, but the reality is, you know, treatment can occur anywhere in the healthcare system and, and highlighting those symptoms, bringing those concerns to your healthcare provider can be, can be very beneficial to start that conversation. Are those the only factors that GeneSight reveals uh, in an evaluation? Well, the, the GeneSight test, you know, is a little bit different. It, it does analyze a patient's DNA mm-hmm. and it can inform doctors on medic- medication treatment decisions. Um, it, it evaluates specific gene-drug interactions. So, for example, um, if, if in the genetic space, you know, we're able to understand um, how the body might break down an antidepressant. Um, is it faster than normal? Is it slower than normal? And you can optimize dose um, adjustments based on that. And, and it really gives the provider you know, a roadmap to understand from a genetic standpoint um, how an individual may react to a certain medication. Is there a place that uh, we can learn more about the myriad genetics and about the gene site test as well online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, please, I encourage you to visit our website, uh, www.genesight.com. It's G-E-N-E-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Great, great. Now, now finding depression treatment uh, remains a challenge, I'm sure, but GeneSight is leading the effort to uh, reduce trial and error in that area, I do believe. That's, that's exactly right. You know, by working to optimize medication selection um, with the healthcare provider, you know, hopefully um, patients are able to get on that right treatment sooner. Um, one of the, the realities of depression is that um, when we are treating depression with medications, it can take four to six weeks before we see a good response. And through a trial and error process, that path can last quite a long time. So um, if we're able to optimize medications earlier on with the gene site test and the genetic evaluation, we can get those patients on a, an appropriate therapeutic um, sooner rather than later. Well, Michael, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this morning. Hopefully we can speak again, um, hopefully before next May. <laughs> that sounds great, Neil. Thank great. you so much. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Michael Jablonski of Myriad Genetics. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.